0: hey what's going on happy nfl draft day it's thursday april 28th and you're listening to episode 54 of the chasing points podcast it's your weekly honest dive into the world of sports and i am sam i am brandon what's up brandon hey sam how you doing bud i'm good good we're looking ahead to uh tonight i say tonight because we're recording wednesday night but you're gonna listen to this it's draft morning it's the most wonderful time of the year and uh we'll get right into the nfl nba playoffs too and what the hell happened to your brooklyn nets Mm. um Mm. but first we have to reintroduce our favorite guest a good friend of mine and a good friend of this podcast uh dave sepperson coordinating producer of sports illustrated what's up
1: dave hey guys thank you so much for having me back it is always a pleasure to be on the pod with you guys
0: let's go dave we uh we had a lot of fun last year uh previewing and recapping the nfl draft and we thought no uh no one else would rather talk to you about this and looking forward to some discussion i know you've uh crunched the tape and uh you went like did you get like your first seven picks right last year you were on
1: uh so yeah i have no idea i've been it's been it's been a really busy week uh, adding a toddler into the mix does not help for when you're trying to <laughs> yeah. find time to watch some tape and scout some prospects. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's been great. It's funny. Uh, last year, I think we had to break it into two days or two podcasts because we just went so long or something. Yeah. Uh, so the, I was really smart to do it like literally the night before. Where, like now we have no choice; we have to put it one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just now or never. <laughs> now <laughs> or never.
0: So uh, it's wild. NFL draft season it's uh you know it's today starting in Vegas round one and uh I guess to start the first question if it was this time last year you would have thought maybe it was Kayvon Thibodeau would be the first pick in the draft going into the season yeah the season ends a huge a huge year from Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan and and now they've Dave, who's going number one to the jacks? You, you haven't, I haven't heard, I've heard a million different
1: things. Yeah. Depending on who you ask, I think it it's, it's crazy. A year ago, I, I think Spencer Rattler followed have in the number one.
0: Oh, maybe. Yeah.
1: Uh, but you know, yeah, it's interesting. Looking at what is available. I think let's just start at like the baseline of this draft. I think this draft is very unique because clearly there's not a ton of top end talent, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, I only think there's like maybe 20 players who have great as like legit first round players and everybody else would probably be below that so it's it's tough i think if you and listen this is true of any year where if you were to ask any gm or coach what their board looks like it's not going to be the same as somebody else's but i think even more this year it's going to be so different because there's not like players who just like check multiple boxes like certain players are really good at certain things and they'll fit into really good schemes in certain ways uh and we'll talk about that as we get into this but like then the question becomes, okay, let's say you like two players. And obviously, I think – this is my opinion. I think Trent Baalke, the GM of the Jaguars, really likes uh Trayvon Walker, and I understand why. Uh And I think Doug Peterson really likes uh Iki Iquano, the offensive tackle. And so who do you think is going to win on the, in the argument? So, like, I've been going back and forth on this.
2: Uh, also, I, also, real quick, don't forget the owner – actually really likes Hutchinson too. So there's three people within the organization that want to do three different things with that first round pick.
1: Now, if you were to ask me who I would pick, I would pick Aiden Hutchinson. He's my number one player on the board. I think he's going to be a superstar. We did an incredible feature on him for Sports Illustrated. If you haven't watched it, please go to YouTube, check it out. It's amazing. My buddy, Andrew Christie, did a fantastic job on it. Um, And you really get to see who he is. And like, he's a guy who loves football and he's the kind of guy... Who's not going to like boast about it he's literally says like i don't like players especially young guys who come in and like run their mouth he's like i'm gonna keep my mouth shut i'm gonna just do my job and i'm gonna study and i'm gonna work as hard as i can to become the best player i can like and you can tell like that's just who he is it's like the family comes from he's very down to earth uh and so um yeah that's who i would pick i can understand if doug peterson really likes icky because like you think about it like trevor lawrence is your most important player What's the most important thing for me? It's how do we make him better? How do we continue mm-hmm. to progress his career? Because truth, everyone knows the franchise is only going as far as he goes. So if you tell me we're gonna end another bookend tackle to protect him, I'm like, I'm not mad at that, I get it. Do I want to pick spend the first overall pick on another fifth tackle? Maybe not, but like I don't really believe in Cam Robinson. So, like, yeah, I, I can make the argument that like the quantum is a, a very good pick, and I think he's a monster. Uh, and just an absolute road grader. So, yeah, I, I can absolutely see that as, as a smart pick. Um And Walker is, listen, he is one of those guys, when you look at the tape, the production that you want to see, like the numbers, the stats, they're not there. But the athleticism's there. The length is there. A lot of the things that you can say, like this will translate really well to the NFL are there. Now, it's a projection. It's not a, like a this is what you're definitely getting. I would not want to if I'm the GM, cause Bucks made some interesting decisions. I would not <laughs> want to put my entire career on this last pick on this. Cause quite frankly, if he, if he misses on this one, I don't know if he ever gets to make another one. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't make that gamble, but I like, I'm not saying Trevor Walker is not a first round talent. He is, but is he the best defensive end in this draft? To me, the answer is no.
2: So you gave us a lot of solid information here. Who are you picking as the first pick?
1: Oh, if I'm the GM, I got it. I never really like to do best player available because I think you have to also draft a little bit for the positions you need. Mm-hmm. But, okay, I, I love Hutchinson, so I I would want to take him, but I'll be honest, I put my money where my mouth is. I, I put 20 bucks on Aquano at plus 600 just to see if I can make some money on nice. it. Because uh, I, I think if that's who Doug Peterson wants, he's the new coach, he's the guy, I think he's going to get his way. Um, So that, that's where I think the draft is going to start. I think it's going to be a total total... Curveball and everyone's going to freak out because unless it comes out tomorrow today, uh, that, you know, uh, they're changing their minds, but yeah, I'm going to go with the quantum. I think, I think that's what I'd pick. And I think that's who they will pick.
0: And the Jags just locked up cam Robinson today on a $54 million deal for three years. So, um, so that's interesting there too. Yeah. Trent Baalke's track record definitely, uh, precedes him and, uh, It'd be interesting. I, I think you're right, though. It might be the last first round pick he makes in Jacksonville if this doesn't doesn't go right. And speaking of things that don't go right, this quarterback class very interesting. There's not a clear cut number one. There might not be a clear cut first round pick in this draft. It really remind. I've been. I thought about it a lot. We Dave. We talked offline about this the other day. It really reminds me, I think it was a 2011 draft where it was like everyone just scurried for a quarterback. It was like Christian Ponder, Jake Locker, Blake Yeah. and just nothing came of that, right? And, and what are your first impressions of this quarterback class? Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, you know, the names at the top there, hold, 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 what's your hold initial on, thoughts?
2: Hold on, hold on, hold on. Sam, you see how Sam just did this? He got out of this as if you and myself aren't going to pick who we think is going first. Sam, who the hell you think is going first? Oh, to Jacksonville? <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: yeah. I I would go. I would go uh, protect Trevor Lawrence. So that that would be the most important thing. Um, you know, Icky's a hell of a player, and I I love Hutchinson. And if he's there at four for my Jets, I'm all about it. But uh you know, I don't think you could go wrong in either of those positions I, I the the projecting thing with trayvon like those kind of projects kind of scare me a little bit mm-hmm. when those numbers aren't there um but definitely the talent is and it it takes the right kind of situation and i' just you know i believe in doug peterson it's certainly not a a new regime in in jacksonville, but um i i would definitely go either the tackle or or defensive end here um, with Hutchinson?
2: I'm gonna give you my pick and I'm gonna make it very short and sweet. I have had Doug in Philly. I know he likes to protect his quarterbacks. He wants to go offensive tackle and I think he gets his way. Like Dave said before, I think he's gonna go offensive tackle. They can, the Jags always get defense. Honestly, it feels like they always get defense to me outside of the fact of getting Trevor Lawrence and then uh, uh, ETN, uh, which still, Interesting that they went that high for him. But um, I, I think they go offensive tackle for sure. Uh, protect Lawrence. I mean, he's got, he's considered to be once a generational talent. So protect him and let's see if he really is that. And then we go from there. That's yes. it's, I think it's really that simple. Also, since we're talking about offensive tackle, I don't know if you guys saw that Laramie Tunsil has turned his gas massing to an NFT. So I did. just, just, just to drop that little gem on you guys real quick, but back to the question that you asked Dave
1: uh yeah so the quarterback class is uh very interesting um I don't have a first-round grade on any of them um there's only two I would even like take a shot at uh I think I just don't really believe in any of these guys but if you want and said like you have to put your career on the line for like one guy I'll start with Malik Willis I yeah he, he has a lot of tools that could potentially play really well in the nfl now Mm -hmm. watch his tape it leaves a ton to be desired he has a lot of things to work on the first thing you have to to start though with is his offensive line was not good like he was running for scrambling for his life a (laughs) lot of times got sacked way too much um but the arm strength is legit 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 and his lower body base is so strong it's he's not like lamar jackson fast but he's so tough to take down because he's got like that, like Maurice Jones drew type lower body. He's so thick that just like, you have to wrap him up. And if you don't, he's going to break away. And so like in the open field, it's hard to bring him down. So not so much as like, you can't catch him like, you know, he's fast, but he's not like, you know, Laura Jackson fast. Um, So yeah, in the right situation with the right coaching and not being rushed, does he have skills that can translate to the NFL? Absolutely. He's the kind of quarterback that can play in the modern NFL. Do I think he'll eventually do it? That's a very, very tough question. You know, I'm betting man. No, but uh, do I want him to? Yeah, sure. I would love to see him succeed. I'd love to see him go to a team like Pittsburgh. um, If they want to take a shot at him and, you know, they're a really stable organization. So they'll do right by him. They'll teach him. They'll coach him. I mean, Tomlin's an incredible coach. So you coach him really well. So, yeah, that's the guy I would go with. I know a lot of other people really like, either like Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral. You know, neither of them really do much for me. Um, Thank you. You know, I think when you're drafting a quarterback, you have to believe in him. I'll, I'll give you one guy that maybe a lot of people are talking about. When I watched this tape, it really just jumped off the screen to me. Um, and that was Carson Strong, the quarterback from Nevada. And the things that are really interesting about Carson Strong, he's probably – like, I think depending on who you ask, he probably has like a third round grade to like, I would not draft him. And the reason people would not draft him is because of his medicals. his knee. He had surgery, he came back quickly to try and play. He's had a, that knee injury since high school. So it's very much like a, if the medical checks out and your doctor's like, yes, he will be okay. The knee will continue to heal and he will get better. And he did throughout the year, then like maybe he moves up a little bit, but the injury history is a legit concern, a really big concern. Now. When you watch the tape, arm strength is very, very good. Honestly, as good as Willis, maybe even better. His accuracy to me is the best in the class. He threw a pass. I showed it to Sam the other day against Kansas State where he tucked a ball in between three defenders into like the smallest window I've ever seen. And I, I could not believe that the guy caught. It. I was like, how did that ball get to him? It was so impressive. And when you watch early in the season, he was like legitimately throwing off of one leg. He put like no planting power into his legs. It was all arm. And so, you know, it was really impressive to watch somebody who was like moving the way he was and clearly still injured, still making plays with his arm. Uh, So yeah, the arms there, the accuracy is there. He's a, he's a smart guy. He definitely knows what he's doing. I think, you know, he, if we're talking like the 80s, like Vinny Testa, or 90s, whatever, Vinny Testaverde style quarterback. Like Carson Strong is like in the conversation as a first round number one overall pick uh, without the injuries. But with the new NFL, the fact that he doesn't move and he's basically is a statue of the pocket, that's a real concern. The NFL has definitely moved away from that. So that could be a problem for him. But, you know, if you're willing to tell me like, hey, I'm going to gamble a third or fourth round pick at him to see if he can be a backup and then maybe one day a starter. I'm not mad at that pick. I, I I'm intrigued to see how his career progresses. You know, he, he very well might become nothing, uh, or the talent is there and you know he stays stays healthy and puts it together and takes the next step at the NFL. We'll see.
0: Yeah. It wouldn't be the first time a third or fourth round pick made, a you know, made an impact on this league, especially at the quarterback position, mm-hmm. you know, first person that jumps to mind for me, Dak Prescott, uh, great career at Mississippi State and no one really expected him to you know make the jump to the next level that he did and you know perennial pro bowler and you know made himself a lot of money so it's it's totally possible you know you, I think that there's been so much quarterback movement and so much movement in the league this off season, there aren't many landing spots for a quarterback especially you know the top 10 you look at Carolina who's you know they got a mess You know there with our buddy sam darnold and you know will they won't they with baker mayfield and they won't you know what will matter
1: baker mayfield over any quarterback in this class no question
0: yeah i was so i was going to ask you that um and i've you know you're not the first person that i've heard say that um you know and not not many landing spots early in the draft besides that maybe atlanta you go down to 20 in the 20s for uh pittsburgh um Detroit, maybe at the end of the first round, but, um, you know, it'd be really interesting in, in past years where quarterback class has really driven, at least the, you know, the headlines of the NFL draft. This is a year where, um, you know, it's the exact opposite you know, any best fits for you or. What do you think is gonna shake out with the quarterback position in this draft?
1: Yeah, somebody will gamble. I mean, they'll they'll definitely be at least one in the first round, I guess. My my I still think the Willis to Steelers pick makes a ton of sense. I mean, I, obviously Trubisky, I know they brought him in and they have Mason Rudolph, but I you know, I liked Rudolph coming out of the draft. He hasn't really progressed the way I thought he would. Um, so at Trubisky, I was never high on. So yeah, <laughs> I, I think you want to bring him in and let him sit behind them uh and learn and you know. I'm not expecting the Steelers to have a great season. So uh, it's entirely possible after 10 games, they're out of it. And, you know, you can give Willis some reps and let him see what he can do. And hopefully he's learned a little bit. And, you know, you're not going to stunt his development. Um, So that one I like. And then, yeah, I mean, does somebody take a shot at Pickett? Does somebody really like Ritter and try and pick him? It's possible. I still think they're better second round players. But, you know, at the end of the first, if a team wants to trade back in in Atlanta or something and say, we're going to take – our guy, I get it. Uh, you know, none of none of them scream uh franchise quarterback to me though. So I I would not. So yeah, it's it's tough to really say like they're going here, but if you said like which one makes the most sense, yeah, I will to Pittsburgh definitely.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a you know, seems like a great fit. And and you're right, Tomlin is just cream of the crop when it comes to coaching in this league. Um you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're looking at you know, the talent in this draft, there's been a lot to say about the wide receiver position and, you know, got the guys at the top with Drake London from USC, Garrett Wilson from Ohio state. Um, and you know, the, the injured, but you know, could come back pretty soon. in uh, um, Jameson, uh, Williams, um, from Alabama, but this is a really deep wide receiver class. What are your thoughts on, you know, the class and uh who you would take you know if you're a gm in, in this league
1: yeah this is a tough one because i think this is what i was kind of talking about earlier with it depends on the fit like when you look at these guys all of them do something really really well and they're all really talented and it is a very deep class you had know, in like chris olave uh Trillon burke some of those guys who you know pickens really talented receivers who are probably going a little bit later you know i think it depends on what you're looking for if you're a team let's say we have the Jets and you're looking for a wide receiver, you know, Garrett Wilson might be the best wide receiver in this class, but you can move him inside, you can play him outside, but I would argue he's very similar to Elijah Moore. So do you need a second version of that? Maybe not. So I look at a guy like Drake London, who is huge. I think he's 6'4", 6'5", a legit 220 and big red zone target. He's not a 50-50 ball guy. He's a 70-30 ball guy. So you know, obviously he's coming off the injury, which is a bummer. But talent is there. He's, you know, not a burner, but he's not slow by any stretch. So you could say like he's a better fit for what they have, and he might, you know, be a better pick in there. Or you could say like we want James Williams, arguably the fastest receiver uh, in this draft, and say we want him um, because once he comes back, you know, with Corey Davis on the outside and Elijah Moore somewhere on the slot, you put Williamson on the other, uh, Williams on the other side. Let him, you know, fly, uh, fly down the seam he's a matchup problem. So, but obviously, you know, coming off the injury, you might not get him to start the year. So that's another question. You know, the Jets aren't specifically uh, a playoff contender by any stretch this year. So you might have a little chance to let him kind of develop in, but yeah, I, I really think it depends on the team and what they're looking for. If you were to say like, you know, i would take this guy over this guy, I, I can understand arguments for each one of them uh, for those three. I think all of them have really strong traits. I really just think it depends on what the team is looking for who's already on the roster but if you ask me like who's going first my gut says Garrett Wilson I think he does a lot of things just really really well um and I do think he can play a few different positions um so that's where I would lean. but if you ask me who's my favorite of them oh man I really go back and forth on Williams and London. Williams is Unbelievably fast and so talented. And if he wasn't injured, he'd probably be my number one receiver.
2: He probably would be the number one receiver. Probably oh, would be the number one <laughs> receiver.
1: <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hope. He, excuse me. I'm gonna hope he comes back healthy and as dominant as he was. And I'll say, Jameson Williams is my favorite receiver in this class.
2: Uh, yes, yeah. Sam, uh, you you asked a question on here, not for the people, but you asked a question on our our sheet. There's six wide receivers going in this first round. I'm calling that right now, six, okay. six. Uh, I do, I do agree with, with Dave. I think Jameson is the best. I think Wilson is the second best. Um, but then when it goes to third, it really depends on what you're looking for because you can go Olave or you can go London, right? So it depends on if you already have that big receiver or you need that guy that's that Swiss army knife, right? Olave is that guy that could run, Every single route that you can do. And I've watched him do it, unfortunately, because he played for Ohio State. Uh, <laughs> but I've watched him do it over and over again. He can do that. I have a love-hate relationship with UFC wide receivers. Um, I'm just going to be open and honest about that. Uh, I think I've said it on here before. I don't really – I haven't really trust players coming out of that program uh, in recent years. Um, it, it, <laughs> huh? I said mistake. I mean, I, don't like I, I but dad, Juju. Hold, hold on. I mean, well, I don't, I definitely don't like Juju, but we're not going to give him that. Uh, sure. But I do think Drake London is probably the best wide receiver. I feel that has come out of USC in a while. And I think whoever gets him, they're going to have like a Mike Evans type player is who I kind of like compare him to Uh, just with that height and being able to run those routes. But yeah, I definitely see six. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, The wide receiver that's not getting talked about is Jahan Dotson. And if he goes to the Chiefs, they got one. (laughs) They've got one because that's another player. He can can take the top off the defense, but he can also run every route, and his hands are phenomenal. Not saying that because I'm a Penn State fan. I've literally watched every single game that this kid has played since he's been there. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. The only problem with him is his size, and I think that is the only thing that's playing against him, to be honest.
0: Yeah, Uh, and speaking of, you know, your your Eagles, Brandon, uh, Dave, and I are Jet fans, and and the Giants too. A little local flair in the Mm -hmm. New York tri-state area, and you know, East Coast here. Some, you know, each of our teams here, all the local teams, both have two number one picks. Uh, You know, the Eagles pick what is it, sixteen and nineteen? Had an interesting trade with the Saints a couple weeks ago. Giants five and seven, the Jets at four and 10 be, uh, you know, really defining drafts for all of these franchises. I think the Eagles put themselves in a great position, not only for this year, uh, but for next year with a, you know, you know, a, a deep class as well, especially, you know, if what the Jalen experiment doesn't work out, which I, you know, Brandon and I really think it will, but, um, yeah, uh, just from a local standpoint, you know we'll start with your jets here uh dave our jets what would you do with with the fourth and tenth pick if you were joe douglas
1: man so this is so tough because it just depends who's there but like i so i was convinced for months Aiden Hutchinson was going number one so i gave up that dream and I was like he's never going to become a jet even though i think he wants to be a jet um if somehow he falls to four run the card to the table get it up get it in great i'll be as happy as a clam. now i still think he's going to be gone i don't think he's going to fall for it. i'd be stunned and so the guy i've been in love with in love with is sauce gardener
2: <laughs> yes. i think
1: he is yes. unbelievable he's my number two prospect in the entire draft behind okay. i think i his tape is unbelievable i call him a mirror because he is so He literally looks like he's just copying the receiver at every single turn and, like, instantaneously. It's not like, oh, he saw him. It's like he just knows. And it's like his footwork was incredible, Uh, good tackler. If I was going to, like, knock him on anything, I'd be like, he's, like, not the perfect tackler, but he's very good. But everything else to me is, like, just star potential. I think he's just going to be an incredible shutdown cornerback. Now, in saying that, do I think the Jets are going to draft him? Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you why. The San Francisco 49ers, the team that uh, Salah coached for, they never drafted quarterbacks high. They always pick guys in the third, second, third, fourth round, you know, guys who are long. And I'll get into a few guys later in the pockets of guys who I think potentially could fit that bill, who could fall on that. Uh, and so my gut says, and this is just my gut, says they're going to go D end at four and potentially wide receiver at uh, 10.
2: So, uh, Thibodeau I, and Lungeon Drake.
1: No, Drake I Lundin. don't think the Jets are picking Thibodeau. Uh, I think there's a chance Thibodeau could go second. I also think there's a chance Thibodeau could fall all the way to like seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to pick Jermaine Johnson, the second from Florida State. Um, so, he played at the Senior Bowl, had a great showing. He was on the opposite team. He was coached by the Lions, but the Jets were the opposite team coaching. So, they still got to interact with him, they got that experience with him. And then you have to watch him dominate uh all week. So I I am have to imagine that uh resonated with them. And then when you look at him, I mean he's awesome. His tape was really, really good. I mean I could I don't want to say it all out because it almost feels like hyperbole, but I can argue him as the second best D end in the class. Um and it's it's tough because he's coming off one incredible year at Florida State. Obviously, he was at Georgia and he was part of that rotation, the numbers weren't there, so he transferred. Um but that was the best decision he ever made because he just lit it up there and he was so good and so yeah i my gut says that's who the jets are going to take um and i mean listen if you depending on which beat writer you follow you know this is, connor Hughes has been talking about him for weeks uh, i mean that guy is to me is in the know as anyone else so i trust his inst- i trust his reporting and uh i trust my study of the tape to see how talented he is and I can absolutely see them going with that. I still hope it's sauce. I'll be <laughs> through the roof, but I've, I've said this to a lot, many of my friends in our text thread, Hutchinson sauce, Drain Johnson, any one of the three. I'm very happy. I'm a little happier if it's my order, but regardless, I'm still happy. They're all incredibly talented football players as for 10. Yeah. I think it's going to be a wide receiver. Um, My gut says London, I think he, if he's there, there's a really good chance there's a real strong run on quarterback uh, on wide receivers from, you know, seven to 10. So like they, two of them could be gone and then they could just pick who's who's ever left. Um, Tough, tough to say. I think there's a very strong possibility teams trade up to try and get some of these receivers, knowing there could be a run starting early. Um, So yeah, my gut says D end and wide receiver are the two they go with unless, and I don't think it'll happen. And if it does, Good Lord, if the Jets can trade the 10th pick for Devo Samuel, please, just do it. I, I know everyone's like, you don't have to trade them up. Yes, you do. Devo Samuel is one of the best playmakers in the NFL. Adding him to this offense would be unreal. What a weapon he would be for Zach Wilson to help him progress. I mean, I like I said, I don't think it's happening. I feel very confident San Francisco is going to resign him and bring him back. They would be crazy to let him go, unless they just have He's just said like I will never sign like get me out of here, which I just I don't think that's the case. I would be so so surprised. So yeah, uh, yeah. D. N. Wide Receiver. I think that's where they're going at four and ten.
0: I like it. Sign me up, um, Brandon Eagles. Yeah, two picks in the uh, top twenty there. What what does Brandon want to see, and what do you think will happen? And hopefully, maybe those are the
2: same thing. Uh, well, I've I've heard. Uh, just from reading uh, from certain sources on the uh, that the number uh, nine pick is for sale. Um, and I've been seeing rumblings that the Eagles amongst the Saints, and I forgot the other team, are in on potentially trying to trade up. So if they do that, I'll be happy with that, as long as they keep that 18 pick, uh, because they'll trade up with the 15. Uh I know they they brought Sauce there themselves. I don't see Sauce going there at all, but I would love it. Uh, but I wouldn't be against them getting Derek Stingley. Um, I, I know I know people aren't talking about him as much as they were last year or the beginning of college football, right? But his injuries are the only thing that scares me, right? That's the only thing that scares me. Go ahead. What are you going to say, Dave?
1: Have you seen the gambling line today, though? People no. are talking about it. He now might they? go third to Houston. Good he's a betting
2: favorite. Good. I mean, he's to
1: go third now, which I he better, if he goes in front of Sauce, I can understand. Like when you looked at his early tape, it was unreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So like, I would still be surprised. I think Sauce is better, but like, yeah, if he goes third, if that betting line is legit,
2: that's you know, that's wild. That
1: would be wild. That'll shake up the first round a lot. It, it sure bad. will. Oxford is gonna be crazy. I expect this is going to be one of the most interesting and unpredictable drafts we've ever seen.
2: I think so as well. Um, But I, yeah, I, I hope, I mean, I, I think the Eagles need to get a corner. Um, I'm still waiting for the news any day to come through that they sign honey badger, because I don't know what's happening, but they keep talking about it. And it's just like, just when is it happening? Just because there's no other safety that you can get. Now you let Rodney McLeod go, which I'm very happy about. Um, Just sign honey badger, please. Um, But I I hope they get a corner Um, if they can somehow some way trade up and get sauce or Derek. Perfect. Um, The name that I know they've been flirting with a lot recently for wide receiver is Jamison Williams and Olave. Olave's been the talk for the Eagles at 18 for quite some time now. Uh, Will he be there? I don't know. It depends on that run that Dave's talking about. There's a potential chance that he may not be. There's a potential chance that a lot of wide receivers go, but I would not be mad if they got, you know, my boy, Devontae Smith's boy, Jamison Williams, that, you know, he knows very, very well. So it'll just be mini Bama there with Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith. I mean, we got offensive tackles, so on and so forth.
1: So it's interesting. We actually just interviewed uh, Garrett Wilson this week, and he actually said Chris Olave is faster than him. So when you talk speed, you're talking about a guy. I mean, Garrett Wilson's very fast for him to say that. That guy must be really quick.
2: I, I, I've been hearing that. And like I said, he just the route tree that he runs, I've watched his footwork and see how he's able to get open. And literally his, his speed is deceiving because 12nd you second he'll, you'll see him right with that defender. Next second, he's five yards ahead of the defender. regardless if it's a move that he made them move to the inside or whichever way he makes a move, he can get open and to have two receivers on the roster that can get open at any time uh, would be wild. The fact that they, they have uh, Dallas Goddard who's who's, this is going to be a big year for him. in in my opinion, we'll see what's happening with that. But I I think a big part that the Eagles need to address uh, in this draft, which they could do with one of these picks is get a linebacker and the linebacker that i am truly in love with is N'Kobe Dean. I absolutely love the way that he plays. He's all over the field. He gives me like a uh Jeremiah Trotter type feel uh which the Eagles haven't really had uh since uh what was his uh Abrams or yeah yeah Abrams was the the linebacker. So since them I, they really have like, haven't had a bruiser in the middle. Uh, to basically just control that and be like, you know what? You're not coming over this middle. And if you do, you're going to regret it. So I think the Eagles are definitely missing that. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do because it's wide open. It's really, really wide open. Like I, If the Eagles don't pick Olave, I, I truly think the team that's going to look at him or try to get him somehow some way is the Packers because they need somebody that can run all those routes for Aaron Rodgers just to throw the ball because Rodgers will throw it open. But if you've got a guy that can get open himself too, yeah that'd be wild so that's where i'm really thinking i'm also i also know they're looking at edge rushers. so really d-line linebacker corner on one
1: more receiver. player too that you didn't mention mm-hmm. i think jordan davis defensive tackle from georgia yes. I think he's very much in play there uh i think he just like screams to me an eagle type player so um yeah i think he's somebody that everyone should keep an eye on as well mm-hmm. okay
0: okay and quickly you know um uh, we should mention the giants who have sure. you know, <laughs> some, some, uh, you know great they're in a great position right uh trading trading back last year uh so the bears could get justin fields and it lands on the seventh pick and they had the fifth pick already um what um, do you guys think what what, you know a big draft for brian dable and joe shane uh coming over from buffalo and shane's been a part of some great drafts up in buffalo um offensive tackle maybe and uh you know yes. a, a pass rusher or you know offensive yeah, tackle for sure
1: offensive tackle feels like the definite move with mm-hmm. the first pick. and i think they're in a good spot they can kind of wait and see which one falls to them i mean there's a lot of rumblings out there today coming out that uh evan neal has some health issues and so he's starting to take a tumble so i mean some people think he's the best offensive tackle in the class and i can understand why Uh, So, there's a chance if he falls and and their medical team likes him, he could be that pick. They could go Charles Cross. It's possible Quanter doesn't go in the top three and he falls. I mean, I think the Jets might legitimately take a look at him before if he's there. Um, But he could be, I mean, I think they're going to go offensive tackle with one of the two. And then there's, I think it's the seventh pick. I mean, they could go a lot of different ways. They just got to wait and kind of see how their board falls. You know, one of the Mm -hmm. quarterbacks could fall them in Stingley or Sauce. That's a very smart play. Um, they could take a defensive end, they could go wide receiver they could just go a bunch of different directions you know it's they're they're a team that kind of needs help everywhere so <laughs> yeah. know any position and i'd be like yeah no that makes sense you know i think when you look at them offensive down is the most uh important so i would you know uh they still believe in daniel jones uh and good luck to him uh, <laughs> 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 you know uh the guy the guy i truly love i i've been on his Van forever is Saquon Barkley. I still want to see him bounce back. The burst is not there like it used to be, but I still think he can be a a, a good running back, and I want to see him regain some of his old form. I'm hoping he can because uh, the Giants didn't do him any favors, and uh, he's truly a good person. So I want, wanna, I want the best for his career.
2: You want to see that burst again? Get him out of <laughs> New York. Get him out of New York. I'm telling you right now, get him out.
1: I don't even know if it's unfortunately. I think the injuries just kind of started to mount up. Uh, um, I, that's just, I, I want, I hope it's not true. I hope he comes back and just shows me like I'm the guy I always was and I'm because mm-hmm. I truly want him to do, do well. Um, he's somebody I always wanted the Jets to get. I always kind of hoped one day he would, he would end up with us. Um, so yeah, I, uh, we'll, we'll see the giants are an interesting team, but they're kind of in like that great position where they can kind of just let the board fall to them and then pick who they like, you know, but they should have a, sh- a shot. And at least one offensive tackle, and then a very good second player.
2: Okay, so you you mentioned some you, you mentioned Saquon that you, you like, a player that you like. I mean, I love Saquon, um, just from my fandom of the school that he went to. Uh, mm-hmm. and I did say that the Giants were going to ruin him. <clears throat> also, you're <laughs> welcome, Giants fans, for your picks this year because you know we ruined what, who you wanted to get last year, but uh, Dave, who. Are some of your favorite people this year in the draft that people aren't talking about? Because I know you dive deep. Sam has put me hip the game the first time you came on here of how deep you dive into these drafts. So who are you looking at that people aren't talking about? Um, or maybe you just your favorites that you have in here.
1: Yeah. So I'll start with uh Jalen Petrie. He's like, I think he's I would be stunned if the Jets don't pick him up. He just screams a Jets pick. Uh he's a so he played everywhere on defense he's listed as a defensive back safety he played linebacker he played on the uh, in the nickel he's incredible on at blitzing the quarterback he kind of is like a gadget defender like he kind of just does everything he's probably gonna go in the second round um his tape was really fun to watch and he was on the jets team at the senior bowl and so you'll there'll be a little bit of a trend here uh so i liked uh him and i think he will do if the jets don't pick him somebody's gonna get a really fun player who is gonna be like the kind of player you have to scheme against. You have to like know where he is on the field because he can he can wreck some havoc. So I like him. And then because I always talk about like the Jets aren't gonna pick a cornerback, they're probably gonna pick someone late. Another guy I like is uh Jalen Watson from Washington State. He's tall. Uh, you know, I, I, once again he played at the senior bowl. So I think when you talk like, oh, the Jets had that chance to really work with him, you know, that is gonna hopefully impact you know, some of these decision makings, but like, you know, he's not a first round quarterback. He might not even be a second round quarterback. Um, some people probably really had him. Some people probably aren't, but yeah, you know, uh, I think he's got a lot of talent and uh, that's, that's one of the guys I, I would uh, target. And then I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Elam, the quarterback from Florida, just try to say his first name. I just think it's K here, but I don't want to uh, mess <laughs> it up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously his dad played for the Jets. And so he's got the lineage of NFL bloodline uh he was a four-star recruit from high school so i you know his tape was really good i think he's probably one of those guys that slides into the end of the first round now at defensive back um i was praying he fell to the second round but i just don't see it happening anymore i think he's gonna get picked sounds like a lot of teams are really high on him rightfully so he's a good player um so as you can tell i studied a little bit more defensive backs this year because that's kind of where i think the jets need to go um but those are three guys that stood out and then obviously I talked about uh strong in Nevada. I just you know as somebody I think people should gamble on. Um, yeah those those are some of the names that I, i'm looking at to see where they go and uh, very much intrigued to see what their careers look like uh, moving forward.
0: You mentioned you mentioned earlier Baker Mayfield that you would take him over yeah. any of the quarterbacks in this class, what do you think <laughs> happens. With Baker I mean it's he hasn't done himself any favors.
1: Oh, he has, not fact,
0: acting like a franchise quarterback yeah um, what what do you had, think happened
1: he got done so dirty by cleveland i almost don't blame him for being so upset like they really they like if he doesn't get injured who knows like he wasn't a bad quarterback i don't like i people were like don't believe in baker like i get it i can understand like your arguments but like i don't think he's a bad quarterback i think he's got talent and i think he's a legit nfl quarterback so like there are other teams like who, who would I rather have Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield? Who would I rather have? Uh Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield. Like, if I'm the Giants, I would have traded for him and give up a mid-round pick for late round pick for him just to bring him in as competition for Daniel Jones. Um, who also had a really bad injury last year, so you just don't even know what how he's gonna respond to that. So, yeah, the team selection is tough. You, you look at the depth charts, there are not many openings, so he's probably gonna have to go somewhere as a backup and beat somebody out or I don't want to say hope for somebody injured because nobody ever hopes for somebody injured but you know wait for somebody to get injured and if they are then take his opportunity and see what he can do with it um you know a team like Carolina people talk about I still think they're want to give Sam another chance I I don't think they're done with him um they gave up a legit asset last year and a second round pick to get him so I think they're going to let him I you know he was what he was last year and he's got his deficiencies but I think they're going to run with him one more time. And so, yeah, I don't know. Does he have to be the backup in Cleveland? I guess it's a possibility. (laughs) There's still always a chance that Watson doesn't play. The league could suspend him. So having Baker to step in and be the starter as awkward as that would probably be. Um, I mean, it's not the worst case scenario for the team, because at least it gives you a legit NFL quarterback insurance, Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one to predict. I I don't have the crystal ball telling me, but I I like him. I, I think I think he still has some upside, uh, and I I'm, I'm rooting for him. I hope wherever he goes, uh, he does well.
2: Well, I'm not rooting for him, uh, <laughs> but I don't think he's as bad as people are making him out to be. I just don't like him, uh, but I think his attitude fits in a place that you said that I've never even thought about him going to. But after hearing you say it and hearing his type of attitude and his appeal for commercials, which I still don't understand how he got commercials out of most of these people, I think he would be a phenomenal fit for the Giants. I really, really do. Because of his attitude, his demeanor, his work ethic, he's an undersized guy. He doesn't really care. He's going to say what he's going to say. In New York, the media would eat that up. And that's, that's marketing right there. Uh, is uh, Sam you could speak to that on uh, that aspect like he just screams New York like every time he opens his mouth he'll be on the daily news uh he'll be on the New York Times he'll be somewhere on a paper or at a magazine in New York and he'll have that appeal and you can't get worse than Daniel Jones so why not take the shot but I don't think they I don't think Baker gets moved until somebody gets hurt. During the season because oh. T how huh, happened.
0: I was gonna say the old Sam Bradford finesse.
2: Yeah, they just yeah. gonna wait and wait. Okay, well, you need a quarterback. Well, this is what we want, and then they're gonna move because teams, I don't think teams are gonna move right now because they know the Browns don't want them and they know they can just hold them for a year and then bye. See you later. So but I I, I do think he, he can make some some team better right now for sure. Uh that has a lackluster type of quarterback. Um, but I don't really care what he does. I do care what Debo Samuel does. Um, and I'm I'm watching this basically my eyes are watering from staring at the screen just to see what is gonna happen with this next. But I I kind of agree, like I I I'm 50-50 on what Dave said earlier. Like, I I don't see any way that San Francisco lets him go. And he's mentioned that he loves playing for Shanahan and and that's cool right it's great hearing that but these guys want their money and in this offseason these wide receivers wide receivers have been getting paid and guess what they're going to force their ways out and this is like the most power i've seen nfl's players have it's almost comparable to nba players when they say i don't want to do this or i'm not going to stay here move me somewhere else and they force themselves out in a certain manner like it just feels like the nba right now and uh it'd be interesting to see where it goes but I don't I don't really know where he goes like that's that's the part I I, I just but I can't see it's it's letting it's, him go. I keep
1: just
0: yeah I, I keep thinking this whole thing is like he doesn't want to be paid like a running back he wants to be paid like a wide receiver is mm-hmm. this like when Jimmy Graham took out tight end from his Twitter bio when he was with the Saints like that's what kind of this whole thing screams to me um I mean he's a hell of a player I you know I, I loved him coming out of uh college he's on my dynasty football fantasy football team i love the guy i'm glad he finally broke out would i trade the 10th pick for him would i trade a um you know a top pick in this draft for him if i needed a wide receiver absolutely but i you know john lynch kind of said it today um or yesterday and um yeah i don't i don't think he goes anywhere
2: real quick before we go so i was just out in vegas just came back so I got to see the lovely setup of the draft and seeing all the damn trailers that are there and seeing kind of like behind the scenes of that. It's right by the MGM. Like it's not too far as by the MGM, basically right by top golf. If you are familiar with Las Vegas, uh, but you can see the whole dome set up and you see all the workers setting things up and see the signs posted up for NFL draft employees only and whatnot. It was just, it's, that's the closest I've ever been to NFL draft. So it was cool to kind of see that and walk past it and drive past it several times uh but they're gonna have fun out there uh, and the weather is just turning right out there for them. so uh this is gonna be a uh hot draft pun intended dad joke there you go and i'm the only dad person here that's not a dad there we go how about that uh, <laughs> nba sam let's yeah Dave, you it's want tough. to stick around and talk some, uh,
0: talk some uh, basketball with us. Let's
1: commiserate over Brandon and my nets and just rip them. Off.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, uh, one of, I was thinking about this, one of my, growing up, one of my favorite albums was by a band called Thursday and it was called Full Collapse. And that's kind of what I see. The first thing I thought of when I see that your nets were swept in close games too, the only winless team in the playoffs this year. I'll let you guys, uh, Brandon, I got to give it to you first, being the, you know, the Nets fan and talking about it all year with you. And I know how Dave feels too. You guys want to just tee off?
2: Go ahead. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm happy it's over. That's number one. Uh, I'm happy I don't have to stress any longer in the playoffs uh, because my team, the only team uh, that did not get a win with two of the best players in the NBA uh, couldn't even scrounge up one victory. Uh, They made the Celtics look like world beaters and the Celtics have been the hottest team in the NBA since all-star break. So I'm not going to discount that, but you can't get one to two wins. You can't stretch this any further than that. There's no plays being called. There's no adjustments being made in game to counteract what the opposite team is doing literally they were playing I come down the court it's my turn you come down the court next time it's your turn no set plays whatsoever and if you remember correctly both KD and Kyrie said we don't need a coach (laughs) Kenny Atkinson should have never been fired Let, let me start with that when it comes to coaching he should have never ever been fired period And then they go and get Steve Nash, a guy that has no coaching experience, just played in the league. Yes, phenomenal career. One of my favorite players of all time. Not a coach. You go and you get rid of Kenny Atkinson, who was doing something with nothing, literally something with nothing, and actually running plays to get Steve Nash, who doesn't make adjustments. Now, I can't put, I know people want to put and make him this the scapegoat steve nash you can't because he's also not on the court playing and there's a particular player that i love dearly when he's on the court uh that is when he's on the court and that's Kyrie irving uh the fact that he came out at the end of the season the the end of season presser and said you know like some of this is my fault no shit some of this is your fault buddy <laughs> are you kidding me are you kidding me you weren't there most of the season You finally were able to play in the last 30 games of the season. And it was really like the last 20 games that you were able to play on the road and home. And it it was kind of your fault. It was a lot of your fault, my friend, a lot of it. If you chose again, you can do Sam and I've talked about this many times on this podcast. You can do what the hell you want to do with your body. It's your body. You get one life unless you believe in reincarnation, you get one life and that's it, right? Right but here we are and you make the decision and it screws the team because there's no time to gel, no time to gel whatsoever. I guess who doesn't get off the hook for this too, even though he wasn't in this team during the playoffs, James Harden, because we went out and traded so much for him, some really, really good pieces. And where did that go? Yes. We got Seth Curry and Drummond which I absolutely love those two picks, but we got people like Blake Griffin sitting on the bench for what? LaMarcus Aldridge, LA, I love him to death. Uh, Didn't see him play, but he was killing during the regular season, so why is he not in the rotation now? You have Claxton in there that can't hit a free throw, period. Young talent. It was just a clusterfuck. (laughs) There's, there's, There's no other way... For me to say this, but they need to get their stuff right. And it's not looking great, but they can make it right. I just think they need to go away for a while and really get their heads together and see what it's like when they have a full season with Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons if he decides to show up or if his mental health is not affecting his back injury or whatever the hell he's talking about. He needs to get a new PR team, by the way, because. He needs to stop talking like he just needs to not talk and just play basketball and everything will go away. I leave the floor to you, Dave, because I have more to say, but I'm just going to stop now.
1: I mean, pretty well said. I'll let let me start by giving true kudos and compliments to the Boston Celtics. Mm -hmm. They played unbelievable team defense. They They played. They were they were the better team. They were flat out. They were the better team. They deserved every every game that they won uh the nets man (laughs) i was so so upset uh on monday i was like oh god i was really mad but now that i had time to just kind of cool down and not let it affect me the way i did i'm disappointed the thing that's making me the most mad is the kd slander like the fact that people are just like calling him like a bus rider and stuff. like he's one of the top 15 greatest nba players of all time like, show the man some respect. Like, yes, he had a bad series, but he wasn't, like, the reason they lost. And, like, the people that are, like, calling him out, it's like, it's nonsense. So I'm, I was very upset about that. I, I still think KD is arguably the best basketball player in the world. And I'll say this. If next season, when the Nets come back, if what just happened to them isn't enough fuel for them to come back and straight up beat people down, they have got a real issue on that team. Yes, they do. I still think they do, and I think they need to. I, I do think they need to fix the locker room. I think they need to bring in some new voices. Um, I love Steve Nash. He's a fellow Tottenham fan, so that alone <laughs> is pulls at the heartstrings. And I think he <laughs> he wasn't terrible, but yeah, the lack of adjustments in the playoffs really hurt us. I like kudos to Blake Griffin, man. That guy gave it his all. he got put on the court and i can't thank him enough for what he did it was like i was like every time he had the ball i was inspired i was like let's see this guy just wants it and those are the kind of guys you want on a team because like those are the kind of guys who are going to give everything for the team to try and win so you know yeah it's tough like you look at the team you look at like yeah the the Harden trade crushed them and like god and at the time i was excited about it because why would you want james Harden with those two guys and insane, threesome, but looking back at it in hindsight like 2020, yeah. Jared, I, I always was one of the biggest Jared Allen fans in the world. I still am. I love the guy, likewise. Him on that floor with that team, like it would have been so different. Mm-hmm. the reason Cleveland took such a huge step this year. So, and obviously, listen, the one best part of that trade for James Harden was careful, vert, finding out everything that was going on with him. And so, like, for that,
2: yes. yeah, saved like, his okay, life, Ben. I you mean, know, yeah, yes.
1: so happy that he's he's okay now because he's an incredible basketball player. I love watching him play, and I only want the man to be healthy. So in that sense, yeah, it worked out. It was what I was supposed to be, But, yes, trading for James Harden was terrible. It never was going to work out. Trading him for Ben Simmons has been awful. I don't know what to do with Simmons. I, for me, I'm already done with him. Just ship him out. Show marks. Please try and trade him. I would love to figure out a way. To, I've just telling these guys before the Vikings, I'd love to figure out a way to go trade him uh, and a bunch of pieces to go bring in Cedric McCollum and Zion Williamson. From uh, New Orleans because it clearly seems like Zion's done there and they might be done with him. So let's trade a kind of headache for a headache thing. But obviously the money's not gonna work out because of that insane Ben Simmons contract. So you can actually add CJ McCollum's ridiculous thirty million dollars into the equation and make it even out with some uh, some other pieces going back. So I don't know. We'll see what Sean Marks is gonna do. He's got a lot on his uh plate this offseason. He's yep. gotta really put some work in. But I've said this before, I truly believe in Sean Marks. I think he's a very, very good GM. I think he's a smart basketball mind. Agreed. He's dressed incredibly well. Um, and yeah, this season didn't work out, and some of the moves obviously blew up in our face, but he swung big, he went for the home run, uh, and it, we struck out. But I'm not mad at him for doing it. I, you know, it's been as fun watching Nets basketball the past two years as it's been for years. Uh, and listen, I love the Kenny Atkinson Dilo teams, I thought they were so fun. And great young players. But I mean, that culture set us up to bring in Kyrie and Katie. Yes. yes. But so at the end of the day, you have two of the top 20 best basketball players in the world on your team. You got to figure out how to make it better. And if, if next year they roll over and this is what it is, then guess what? You got to figure out how to move Kyrie. You got to figure out how to move KD. You got to just start over again, which sounds egregious, but like, you you got to eventually, you got to use those assets while you have them, because if you just keep rolling it back and back and back, odds are you're not going to win. You're just going to keep getting passed by a Giannis and a, who knows Tatum could be taking the Ascension this uh, postseason to become one of the top five best players in the NBA, arguably top three. If he has, if the Celtics win the championship. So um, yeah, it's going to be a really drastic off season. Uh, I'm intrigued to see how it's going to unfold, but, Man, I'm, I'm looking forward to next season. I'm just ready for these guys to get back out there and prove me right that they're going to come back and be mad and take it out on their opponents.
2: I'm going to call it right now. It's going to be the Warriors, Nets next year, NBA Finals, seven games, and the Nets are going to win. I'm calling love, it right now.
1: I'd love to see that because I love um, right Steph. Now. I love the Warriors.
2: So I, would mm-hmm. love to see that. I, I think I think there's too much. Basketball players. I grew up around basketball players. I, I've been a basketball player my whole life. There's too much ego on there, and when you hear people talking, you will spend all your time away on a court thinking about what everybody has said about him. I've obviously never been on that level, but to just hear people talk about it over and over again. I know you're over Ben Simmons, but I really think he's got a lot to prove, and I think he's going to shut people up. I really do.
1: I, if Ben was healthy and playing, he was exactly what the team needed. Correct. He needed, needed a rebounder. Mm-hmm. He, those things he does really well. He would have been perfect. Yep. And I said that when we made the three, I was like, Oh, if he can come back, he'll be a great third piece. He's literally, we don't need him to become a scorer. We just need him to play lockdown defense, which he's already proven. He's one of the best in the NBA at doing. And we need him to grab rebounds, which he's very capable of doing he's incredibly long. So you can play him at the five, mm-hmm. like, it, it should have worked out. The fact that he couldn't get on the court and listen, I'm not a doctor. I don't know his medicals. I'm not going to pretend, but it's been a long time. And as somebody who's had a lot of packages, I'm not a NBA athlete, but you know, like there are ways to relieve back pain. I've had it done to yep. me multiple times. Yep. I, you know, So there's a way to take a few epidurals and get back out there and play. And if it's a mental thing and I understand why it probably is why and I get it. and I'm sympathetic to it because like, you know, I don't know. You should never, you know, you, nobody loses each other's lives. So, Correct. Know, but you paid to play basketball and you're a good basketball player. If your confidence is shot, and I've said this forever about all athletes, confidence is the most important thing. I think it's the reason top tier athletes fall off and guys who aren't, who start gaining confidence become better. And so his confidence is probably at an all time low. It's probably at a zero. So he needs to figure out whether it's talking to somebody, working with his teammates, how to get that confidence back. Cause at one point, he was a great basketball player and I would love to see him get back there. And who knows, maybe we'll be on the nets. And if it is fantastic, he was like 24 or something, 25. He's yep. still so young. He's got a yep. whole career ahead of him. You know, he could be like, if he can win a championship with Katie and Kyrie and they eventually retire or move on, he can then become the face of the franchise. And they can add yep. more pieces around him. So like he has this opportunity in front of him to like create a new legacy and turn around his entire career. Like, if you're a guy who, who's who gone through this much of a beatdown and can just push through it and become that player you once were, that is going to be such an inspiration for people who have mental health issues, who deal with that, to say like, hey, I did it, you can do it. And like, that's so powerful. And so I truly hope he can do that and become that and like do that for his career. Yeah, if you're asking me right now, no, get him off <laughs> <laughs> With all that said,
2: yes, yes. Out. Said,
1: get out. <laughs> yes.
2: I will I'll keep him there because I have faith in him because he was in the MVP argument before he didn't take that shot, which sent everything spiraling downhill for him. Um Sam, let's talk about some other playoff series real quick. Um, and we'll just run through this really quickly. Uh the Hawks Lost to the Heat uh, in four, well, five games. Uh, the Heat. If the Sixers make it to the next round, they are going to have a problem on their hand, which is the Miami Heat. And I don't think they get past them. I think that series may go to six games, uh, if that. I'm, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. The second but, we
1: found out about the Embiid injury, I was like, well, yeah, yep. a- yeah, yeah. I, I
2: agree. I agree.
1: Cutting out and trying to play through it. It's not gonna matter because James bad.
2: Harden is not James. James Harden hasn't been James Harden since that hamstring injury.
1: Out. James Harden is washed.
2: Uh, is, thank you, thank you. Sam knows I, I've been saying it, this. Thank you.
1: In that extension, God bless him. Yep, have like, fun. I don't know. They are in a way worse situation than they've even been with Ben Simmons because, like, you almost have to give it to him. Yep. And if you do, you might be stuck with him for a long time, and you have might be for a, fun, for a fun
2: Philly, have fun. Uh, but yeah. Philly is up three-two in the series against the Raptors. Uh, that, I, Philly is going to win that series, I believe. But there's a chance for the Raptors. That it's that it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I it's unfortunate to see this this series go the way it is. I thought this is going to be way closer because at one point the Bulls were the number one seed uh, in the East. But Giannis is too too much. <laughs> he's just he's just too much. Middleton's not even playing. That that says. Enough about Giannis yeah. and the rest of the Bucks. Um, for the
1: well, West, yeah, no, they can't. No, they can't keep up. Yeah, true. Don't, anybody Yeah, who's even remotely near him?
0: True. And Zach Very Levine's true. in COVID protocol. That game's going on right now as we're recording.
1: Yes. Um,
0: yeah, the Giannis is just another level of just
2: domination. Best player, not the best player in the NBA. If yeah. you if you realize real quick before I go to the West. All the players that Kobe took under his wing before he passed, way before he passed, are all movers and shakers in the league. Giannis, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker. He challenged all three of those right there, and they are shining. Obviously, D-Book is injured right now, but... He's, he's taken a lot of these young players and saw what they were going to be way before a lot of people did. And he challenged Giannis and Giannis has met every single one of his challenges thus far D book. I wish he got more shine, but he only gets shine in the playoffs, which is crazy. But, uh, the Suns right now are up three, two against the Pelicans. This series is way closer than it should be, but the Pelicans are definitely fighting. I know it doesn't help that D book is not there, but it's okay. Um, Mavs and Jazz. This is an interesting series. Uh, it doesn't help that Donovan Mitchell is injured again, um, <laughs> which hurts my soul because he's one of my favorite players in the NBA uh, and is one of the best talents in the NBA when healthy. Uh, but there's a guy on the opposite side that just came back from not being healthy who also battles, and that's Luka. Uh, and the team actually lost when he came back, but we'll see what they can do because this series is a pretty, pretty, pretty intriguing one. A series that's not really intriguing is the Warriors against the uh, Nuggets. Um, yeah, three one. The Warriors should have swept. I was watching that in the casino, and I was just like, uh, I was. I called. I was like, Steph's gonna hit this three. Is gonna be over. Didn't happen, but it's okay. Um, this is this series, the last series I'm talking about is probably my favorite series right now. Mine too, absolutely. Because a, it's got my favorite young player in the league, and I've been watching him since college. And high school ball, and that's John Morant. Oh, and the
1: you are the same person, what?
2: huh? <laughs> man, I'm telling you, man, it's fantastic!
1: John arguably, my favorite player to watch in the NBA. He's the, he's the greatest. He's so yeah, fun. He's so fun. he's
2: so electrifying. Yeah. It's it's mind blowing. The hops, like my one of my, he's like my big brother. He's a diehard. Um, he's a diehard UNC fan. So he sent me how all the UNC players are coming back to try to give it another run. And he was like, What do you think about that? That John Moran dunk. I was just like, It's it's absolutely nuts what he did in that. He was like, It's it's kind of reminiscent of what Scottie Pippen did on Ewing. I said, No, you're selling that short. I said, He's a guard, Scottie Pippen is a shooting guard, he's a point guard, and he's up there just his bunnies are so crazy that his head is above the actual box on the backboard. Like, literally, his head is above that, and he keeps rising and can do the craziest things in air. Ja is the most electrifying player in the NBA right now. Uh, I've said
1: this before, but never on this podcast, but I will say it uh, forever. He's going, Ja Morant is going to be an NBA, NBA MVP. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure.
2: For sure. sure. I just hope he gets a ring because I've seen somebody else that had all this uh, electricity behind them and never get a ring. And he played for Philly. Uh, and he wore number three. Um, so I'm hoping it's different. Uh, but the Grizz are up 3 2. Uh, the reason why I really, really love this A, is Carl Anthony Towns has had a phenomenal year, and all that he's gone through losing his mother to COVID, uh, getting bad mouthed by the, the savants of basketball, uh, of how he didn't put the effort in. And to see him being one of the highest uh, three point percentage shooters in the league this year and how his game has changed it's it's crazy to me to see what he has done uh the addition of pat beverly um that is wild to me right nuts right but on on the grizz side i think this is finally like they've they've talked that talk but they're now starting to get their playoff legs right they didn't have that prior to they were talked all that during the regular season one of the best teams, but now they're getting their playoff legs and they are going to be scary if they're not already in people's minds. So I I'd, <laughs> I'll be interested to see what happens because I do believe they're moving on, but Hey, I'm, I'm here for it. Let's just put it that I'm
1: way. With you. And I, I got to give love. I'm sure you have it too. For DLO. I still uh, love what he did for the Nets. So I'm, I I'm do sure as
2: well. I do as well.
1: Dad, yeah. So, but, I, yeah, I think Memphis is going to take this one. They're they're a really good team. I'd love yeah, sure. to figure out to see Memphis and Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. Well,
2: well that'd be a hell right
0: of Guys, yeah. a matchup. That'd be a hell of a matchup.
2: Yeah. It would. It would. I, I'd still want the Western Conference Finals to be the Warriors and the Suns. I, I think if Devin Booker's back and healthy, that is the series that we deserve. But we also deserve to have the Lakers and Nets in the finals and we saw how that worked too so uh i'm just going to shut up on that by sam brings us to do you care
0: okay <laughs> works for me <laughs> hey you want to play do you care uh, absolutely okay cool hey yeah. um so it came out yesterday according to i think it was Andy Martino at SNY that the yankees were fined 100 grand for improper use of a dugout phone in 2015 and part of the 2016 season. This is the infamous Yankee letter that Brian Cashman and Randy Levine and every, the Yankee brass have fought in court to keep sealed. Um, so SNY got a copy of it, and it's really it's really not much. There's there's no real smoking gun here. The Yankees were, our, our cues were caught using a um, video replay room to translate sequences And a phone, uh, they'd phone them to the dugout. But they did not use the S-Network cameras, which Alex Cora alleged. And once they were told to stop in 2017, they stopped unlike, you know, the Astros and uh, the Red Sox, who continue to have various schemes here. Um, I I guess I'll ask both of you, is this anything? Do you care?
1: No, no. I, I don't even know why the Yankees fought so hard if they yeah. just let this come out and just it would have been like swept under as like a nothing like Friday news dump it would make no sense they put way more of a spotlight on it than anybody else would have and I, nobody cares there was nothing in there that we already didn't really know so it's just so weird it's just such a, a weird thing to be like I think I heard someone say like they just thought it was gonna like ruin their reputation and I was like yeah what are you guys even talking about like I, I don't know yeah it was nothing I don't care I literally read it and I was like okay moving on with the rest of my day <laughs>
2: I'll ask you this: Was there garbage cans being uh, drummed on? Um, were there microphones attached to their bodies? Because if not, I don't care. Yeah. Like, okay, so I don't care. We can move on. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, I'm really like, a, just loves the history of baseball. Like, I, I don't ever want to see people cheating. I think obviously we all want a clean game. But on the same joking. like, cheating has been in the game for as long as baseballs been around. So like it does it like make me like angry no it's just like okay another team who's guys have been tried. on second
0: base relaying signs for a yeah. hundred years you're absolutely right
1: yeah, i did a whole episode about uh cheating in baseball and there's a i'm gonna blame i think it was the phillies team and there was like a guy who was standing on like a on the outfield and he had a wired system running through the field underneath the third base coach and like the coach would put his foot in a puddle and he would like press an electric buzzer to buzz the coach's leg to know like what if it was a fastball or not. So like you talk about like the like this like ingenuity of like stuff has been around forever. Go look that up, watch the episode. It's called The Now You Know with Robin Lundberg. You'll find it. It's on there. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. So you know, I don't think it's much of a big deal. It's been happening for a really long time. And I'm just gonna move on. And <laughs> try not to be a Yankee bias here, but uh I thought you know, I think it was more of like a legal precedent that the Yankees were trying to keep this thing sealed opposed to anything else, because I don't quite understand that. You're absolutely right, Dave, why, you know, why they fought so hard um, when this really could have just been swept under the rug and no one's going to really remember it. Um, but here's something to remember because it's kind of right up Dan Snyder's alley. Um, following the release of a 20-page letter penned by uh, the U.S. House of Representatives uh, Oversight Committee or whatever. The letter alleged that the Washington Commanders and owner Dan Snyder, quote, may have engaged in a troubling, long-running, and potentially unlawful pattern of financial conduct that victimized thousands of team fans and the National Football League. <laughs> Pays, here shaking your head.
2: Because uh, it's, it's just like, when are you guys just going to come together and be like, he's not good for football? remove him like it, it, how many other things that he has to be involved in that like he's he's it's kind of feels like some uh and i'm sorry to bring his name up like some jeffrey epstein type stuff like it's like you feel like he they're connected to so many people and this is the only reason why this person still remains in this power because he has some dirt on somebody else and it's like if he goes He's taking you with him, type thing. It's like, that's the only reason I can see him still being there because he does nothing for the league, period. Nothing. The team is awful. They do nothing for the league. He does nothing for the league. Why is he still there? Just why?
0: Yeah. Apparently, they had two sets of books one that was shared with the NFL, but underreported certain ticket revenue, <laughs> and another one that included complete and accurate revenue that was shown to mr Snyder because there's revenue sharing and uh you know away teams get a portion of the the gate when they're in a certain town um yeah yeah i don't care dan Snyder does not deserve to own a football team and uh it's long overdue
1: go ahead
2: dave I, the floor is yours yeah i got nothing
1: <laughs> do i care no should i care probably i don't want to see anybody get ripped off especially fans, especially the multi-millionaire owners. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't care at all. Like everyone says, get that guy out of the league. He's a terrible owner, and the NFL would be better off without him. Um, other than that, yeah, I have no real thoughts on story. By
0: all accounts, FedEx Field's a dump. You could take, a, take some of that money and maybe fix up the stadium. Maybe yeah. they should. All right, that was a uh, chasing points podcast because I usually ask the question of, "What are you guys looking forward to this weekend?" But I, my answer is the NFL draft. Um, everything else is on the back burner for this weekend for me.
2: Just obviously, that's, it. that's it. I'll be
1: I'll be working the draft, so I, it'll be a little different. You know, obviously, when you're working it, I don't get to sit down and uh be laser focused i got a lot of things going on during it but i'm obviously excited to watch it see how it unfolds i'm sure there's gonna be incredible storylines i feel we're gonna see one or two trades in there and i mean it's not the question that we end up seeing one of these big time wide receivers who a team doesn't want to pay get moved so i yeah i'm excited to see how everything unfolds and uh it should be a lot of fun
0: yeah um and hopefully people stop throwing at your new york mets this weekend too. It's gotten pretty ugly.
1: Here's the thing, yes, I'm not happy about it, but on the same token, they're playing just unbelievable baseball and they're so fun to watch. This might be the most this is arguably the most I've ever enjoyed watching Mets baseball in my entire life. It's I love bookshow Walter. I love this team. They don't even have gram yet, which please Lord let him come back healthy because then they are gonna be unstoppable. It's like adding him at the trade deadline, like let's go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, i we uh, said when we were previewing the baseball season that having an adult in the room, I think, is the biggest addition that Steve Cohen could have had. And I, you know, I definitely would want Buck Showalter running my baseball team for sure. Buck's
1: been incredible. He's been transformative as a manager. And I think every Mets fan is just so happy that he is who was picked. It's uh, who everybody wanted. And there was a little bit of like question if they would. And yeah, they made the right call. Great job, Steve Cohen. you he just continues to make good calls in my opinion absolutely your uh, statue everything they've done so far this year has been just fantastic So,
0: well speaking of fantastic dave thanks so much for joining us once again um you're the man how could we follow you on twitter and
1: uh yeah check at out dave your work at sports twitter. illustrated uh, and yeah if you go watch go to si.com subscribe to the magazine watch our our content on youtube um you know, read the daily cover is just we have incredible storytelling by unbelievable reporters, some of the best in the industry as a fan of the sports. I mean, I've literally read Greg Bishop from where he started to where he is today. So being his colleague now is incredible. And there's so many reporters uh, who I could talk about Albert Breer, uh, Tom Verducci, Pat Forty, some of the best in the business and some of the best people who you have to work with. So yeah, please, uh, you know, check out SI, give it a read. Uh, Follow everything on all forms of social media. You, I hope you will not be disappointed.
0: Cool. Thanks so. Thanks so much, guys, for listening to episode fifty-four of the Chasing Points podcast um, on Spotify and everywhere else. Uh, you can check us out at ChasingPointsPodcast.com and on uh, Instagram at Chasing Points Podcast for Dave and Brandon. My name is Sam. Until next time, uh, have a great have a great day. <clears throat>
2: PSA time Um, for those that are friends of a friend that has a team in the playoffs and just so happens to watch their team lose. If you haven't contacted that friend all season about said team and you decide to contact them when their team loses you, my friend, are what we call a jerk and jerks aren't cool you got to be better about this all right because it it's just it doesn't look good on you to take the time out of your day which means you've been waiting for an opportunity all year long to say something to your friend about their team but you didn't have a chance to do it because their team looks so good then you decide to just shoot up and say hey how you feeling um i'm feeling like reaching through the phone and bashing your head on a counter but You're my friend, so I can't do that to you. So just do better out here in the world because friends shouldn't do things like this to friends because this is what frenemies are, and I don't need them, and you don't need them. We should just be peaceful out here. And on that note, peace the hell out. Bye.